Hello. How are you guys doing? Welcome back. Welcome to the Overshare Pamphlet. My name is Rob and I'm the host of this one-man show. Hope you guys are doing okay. First of all, my voice is so low this morning. It's uh, currently um, Saturday morning. I'm recording today. I'm hoping to record everything today, actually. But yeah, um, my voice is low. Yes, I went out. Been drinking since 6 p.m. yesterday until what 11:30 or something. It was um, it was a lot, it was a lot. But you know, I'm kind of digging this like raspiness. You know, it's like a different vibe. You know, I have a raspy voice today, and I'm ready to like record with this uh, with what I with we God gave me. You know, God gave me this voice now, and I have to use it. You know, okay, Mariah. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, today we have two very interesting topics. Um, I'm gonna probably do this order, and I'm gonna cover them in this order. I'm gonna probably do first uh, the um, first one, which is um, basically AI-generated deep fakes, definitely linked to the recent events um, concerning celebrities, specifically Taylor Swift. But um, yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. Very disturbing topic, to be fair. I, I mean, it's. Um, Something that if you're familiar with the internet culture, it's been around for quite a while, but I think now it's been exacerbated uh, by um, basically the new AI tools that have been going around. So it is something that we need to keep in mind. Um, I think it's worth having a discussion about it. It's actually quite um, dire, the situation, I would say. Um, but yeah, and then after that, I want to talk about something a bit more... Um, I don't know if it's psychological or not. I mean, it is psychology, to be fair. So, But it's more like relationship-related in that sense. I'm going to talk about situationships and mixed signals. Because, girl, this topic is quite um, personal as well. So we need to like cover that. I needed to cover that. So, yeah, we'll get into those two. But first, songs of the week. As usual. As usual. We're back. So, <clears throat> my first song of the week. Okay, so I guess, like... There's sort of a, a theme this week. I don't know why what happened to me, but I think it all started because of last week's um, song, which was uh, "Kiss Me" by Sixpence None the Ri None the Richer. I fell into a rabbit hole of um, Y2K songs, like early 2000. Um, you know, they're not like well, they are pop songs, I guess. So, but they're more like stringy or whatever it is. But anyways, so after that after last week i started discovering more songs that i didn't really know about because if if you weren't aware i was born in the year 2000 so i do remember some of these songs but of course my brain was not sentient enough to like actually reach out for new songs so yeah <clears throat> also sorry if i slurp sometimes i'm like literally drinking some coffee because it's like literally what it's like almost 8 a.m and i'm just like i just wanted to talk you know i just wanted to talk i woke up with a very specific um you know, mindset. Also, yes, I woke up at 8 a.m. after being out the entire night. I don't know why I, my brain does that to me, but um, maybe it is the alcohol to make me sleep. But to be fair, I can never sleep more than like past 9 a.m. Even if I go out until late, 9 a.m. is the latest I could wake up. Usually I wake up around 7, 7.30 and that's it. But anyways, back to the songs. I was saying, um, yeah, um, um, I discovered a bit of um, the old 
you know, the OG Y2K tracks. And one of the songs of the week is Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. That's, uh, well, or, or as the Americans would say, I'm Imbruglia or something. <laughs> I don't know. That to me sounds wrong because it's very Italian. It sounds very Italian. But anyways, song, super nice. It's all, the, 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 the thing with these songs is that they all sound familiar to me because probably I, I might have heard them eventually sometime, like back when I was a child or something, but yeah, <clears throat> I mean, this song rules. It's so good and I do really like it because it has a very um, like acoustic guitar heavy production which I love personally. I love pop songs that have like a lot of uh, like acoustic guitars in it. And of course the chorus is memorable and it's just something that I personally love, you know? Um, so go give it a listen. I think you might have heard of it. The other song I want to talk about is These Words by Natasha Baddingfield. Um, I only knew one song about uh, from, from her and that was... Um, Unwritten, Feel the Rain on Your Skin. Feel the Rain on Your Skin. Yeah, that song. That's the only song I knew by her, but the, and these words came out like in the um, radio playlist that you can do on Spotify. When you select a song, you can like ask Spotify to play you like a radio based on that song. And this song came up, and I was like, hold up, this is a banger. I'm like, I need to put it in. It's very. I would say, like, this is more like, um, I don't want to say, well, it it is, it is pop, but it's also a bit, like, it has some, like, hip-hop beats, I don't know, I don't, it's not hip-hop, definitely not hip-hop, but it has some sort of, like, vibe like that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know, I feel like, um, I feel like that is also one, one type of track that I would have loved also when I was younger, but never got a chance to actually, you know, ooh, damn, what, what was that? But I, ne I never got a chance to um, actually explore, you know what I mean? So, yeah, like, that's what's up. Um, so that, that this song also, check it out. I'm going to, of course, put them all in my playlist that I made. And um, the third song, third and last song, um, was, well, I was planning to put two songs by this artist, but I think I'm just gonna, like, put in one, because realistically it's the one I've been listening to the most, and it's called God in Jeans by Ryan Batty, Beatty, Betty, I don't know, it's, his surname is, but like, B-E-A-T-T-Y, in my brain it's Beatty, by the way, so it's gonna be Beatty, <laughs> Probably it's not, but I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but, uh, yeah. So, go check it out. It's actually a, a good song as well. I'm not really sure what he's talking about, to be fair. Like, it's definitely, like, a, a song about venerating someone else as um, a hottie, basically. So, sort of like a love song, but very cool track. It's very slowed down. Um, this guy reminds me a bit of Harry Styles, in terms of the type of music he makes. Not the voice at all, like, nothing at all, but... It's just the type of music he makes, especially his latest album, uh, Caligo, um, is quite good, and it does um, remind me a lot of like Harry Styles in that sense. So, yeah, check it out, check it out. I'll put them in the playlist, and you can check them out there. But yeah, um, these are the songs of the week. Um, 
there, this time around only three. I mean, I did, I did listen a bit to the um, Kaliuj's uh, new album Orchideas, and um, I liked it, but I think I need more time with it before I actually put my two cents um, on the songs that I listen to that I like the most, I guess. But as of now, I, I saved two songs from that album, and I saved basically Pensamentos Intrusivos and then Temata by both both by Kaliuj's on Orchideas album. Yeah, so. If you do want to listen to those, go go for it. But I'm not going to put them probably in the playlist. I don't think so. Um, but they're pretty chill. Pretty cool. But yeah, we're going to get into the first, first topic. Period. Hello. Yeah, so we're gonna start with, um, as I said, the AI-generated deepfakes uh, topic. Uh, we're gonna get into that, and yeah, um, what uh, you know sparked my interest, I guess, or like started this whole um, you know research, I guess, was um, mainly what happened this week with uh, Taylor Swift and um, what happened on Twitter. Well, X, I guess, but still Twitter in my eyes because I don't want to endorse or be associated with X, <laughs> to be fair. I think um, things are getting out of hand even more, but basically what happened was that, I can't remember exactly the day, but I did see it myself as well, but basically someone who probably is a fan of um, uh, an American football team that lost against the Chiefs, um, started posting AI-generated uh, pornography, basically, of Taylor Swift, deepfake pornography, so quite realistic, but, well, I mean, you could tell, fortunately, that was AI, but even then, it doesn't make any sense, like, it, I mean, it doesn't matter, it's just slanderous, honestly, but, and you may wonder, why would it do that? Well, because, of course, Taylor is dating um, Travis Kelsey, who is uh, the tight end of the Chiefs, but anyways, they were so pressed about their team losing that they just, you know, went for the good old-fashioned revenge porn. So, they just, rightfully so, I guess, whatever. Like, it was so stupid, bitch. Like, why would you even do that? But anyways, like, they, they thought in their right mind that the right thing to do was to just, you know, of course, take it on the on the women, you know? Take it on... Take it out on Taylor Swift, who, of course, is responsible for your team losing, first of all. It's second of all... It's just like I seriously do not get man getting so pressed about uh, sports. Like whenever one of the team loses, there's always some sort of like crazy reaction. People get beaten up, and it's just frankly quite um, I don't know embarrassing in my opinion. Like how do you get so pressed about a game? Like you must have some issues, man. Like it's just not that deep. Come on. But anyways. Um, it's just so sad that, like, even then, who has to go through all this shit is just, you know, someone who literally doesn't have any anything to do with it. You know what I mean? It's just, it just tells you how much, well, America, first of all, is rotten, but just in general, internet culture and everything is just uh, unregulated and is just so, 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 so scary. And honestly, quite frankly, very... Um, disappointing because you would think that 
2024, we would um, have moved past these, um, you know, to be fair, quiet, old-fashioned um, situations, but it's still happening. It, it's always been, to be fair, part of the internet culture. I don't think we've actually ever addressed it properly, in my opinion. Like, um, But yeah, like this is... Uh, a big like a, a big i guess development because it's incorporating like new techno technological like advancements with the ai tools that they keep on getting more and more accurate and more and therefore more and more dangerous in that sense because we're not able to control them properly but anyways so these photos were circulated on x and it took literally so much time to take them down 17 hours which is too long of a time in my opinion like it literally the internet moves so fast that of course it was circulated easily and i even came across them when i was scrolling through uh through twitter so yeah like not definitely um very disappo disappointing um uh, honestly event and i mean twitter has never been the safest place on the social media horizon in that sense but um it's always been pretty bad even in these eight days like it's always been um quite bad at controlling this uh this type of content and i think it's gotten even worse well specifically because of the new management with elon musk that literally fired so many people even from the you know the departments that are in charge of like um you know controlling the content and, uh, you know, approving uh, pictures and uh, all that stuff. So, I mean, the team is quite small now. And, of course, it took them 17 hours not to, like, of course, um, ex excuse what happened. But, you know, like, it's just um, quite appalling, honestly. And, I mean, these things have been circulating, like, about different celebrities as well for years and years and years and years. It's, like, it's always been a thing. It's always been a thing. And... I think that while, for example, like, I always say smaller uh, or less like mainstream um, social media, I've always had these things. I think it's quite rare to see these type of images hanging around for so long on one of the main, instead, like one of the main more popular um, social media platforms. Yes, Twitter has fallen off, but I think it still has quite the influx of young people in, on there so um it's just quite appalling honestly so i don't know i feel like the main issue here is that um regulation of course of these apps has not been um has never been to be fair quite good i mean i, w I would argue that other uh, other social media uh platforms have become better at this in a way like i know instagram is always on my fucking neck even when i simply put a curse word on my stories for example so you know some social media platforms are well equipped they have a good team and they have enough um you know resources to crack down these things but other places to be fair don't, might not even have the resources but also have people in charge that don't even care about it to be fair like it took them 17 hours it's just insane to me and of course now she's taking legal action against the person but here's where it gets tricky i think um i think she's just like she she cannot uh, take action right now against the ai tools themselves because there's no legislation 
like or not fully fleshed legislation against um AI generated deepfakes and you know it's something that we need to address very quickly. I think it's something that needs to move quickly because, uh, well, I even predicted it, to be fair, in my special episode, like my bonus episode about, you know, the top uh, 10 moments of 2023. I did cover a bit the AI-generated images, and I was also wondering what was going to happen in the future because it is a very unregulated space right now, and um, so many people get harassed and get you know, you know, involved in these situations that are not pleasant at all, to be fair. It's quite uh, diminishing, especially for women who are, once again, subject to having their bodies controlled, and um, this time around even worse, because they cannot have a grasp. It's once again back to the, the fact that they cannot actually regain the control in this case is because they're so it's so unregulated that they don't even know what to do with it you know what i mean like yes taylor swift is taking action and i hope that since she's so big that she can actually start another movement where she can you know create some change and some positive change that can protect other women but i just find it so eerie and so stupid i mean the main problem here that why legislation is not um up to par in that sense is because well first of all these uh technological changes happen so fast now that it's quite difficult to like keep up with it but also you have to understand that like legislation has a different timeline like it's so usually laws like take so much time to come into fruition and the legal timeline and the technological timeline i guess they they as of now they've never been able to go up to like you know up to speed because um it's just two different you know two different worlds and it's quite sad i mean I think it's actually quite dire the situation. I think we need actually to take a bit, uh, you know, a, a bit of um, a bit of a sprint in that sense. You know, we need to like catch up and try to protect users as well as content creators and you know celebrities and everyone. Like you know, like we're not talking about uh, fake news anymore. We're talking about literally images that look so real, but of course are not real. But they're still you know, affecting um, not only the reputation, but I would say also the dignity of people in general. Like, you know, whether you're famous or not, this is not okay at all. Like, totally not okay. And, yeah, like, this is just, this is just, like, a, a recurrent issue. It's like, uh, issue. I think there is one, frankly, quite disturbing, like, uh, recent uh, event in, this, in the same fashion with... Um, um, I can't pronounce her name to be fair. Um, but she's um one of the uh, one of the, the very young contestants on Dancing with the Stars um in the U.S. who played American Chavez Chavez in Marvel uh in, like what was it Doctor Strange multiverse multiverse of madness. But she's a very young um actress and dancer. Her name is American. Well, so, uh. Her surname is Gomez, but she's just 17, and when she was, I think, at Dancing with the Stars or something like that, around that time, she did say that she was, she saw images of herself, um, like, like, literally deepfake pornography of herself, like a 17-year-old. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is just plain disgusting shit, you know? Like, pfft. I don't know. I don't even know how to, like, you know, I'm, I'm speechless, honestly. Like, these things should never, never happen. And uh, to be fair, 
but the amount of time I spent online, I've always seen these things happen to even younger, younger and younger women. I remember um, Billie Eilish, for example. I'm not sure if she was uh, underage or not, but doesn't, that doesn't make any difference because she was just may maybe barely uh, above 18 anyways, but doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, there were so many images of her on Twitter circulating of her having, you know, like deep fake uh, images, of course, of her uh, with huge um, boobs and people very obs were obsessed about that or some images generated that made her look super fat or there, there are some crazy, 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 crazy images around the web. Like most of the times when you search online for... Um, Deep fakes about celebrities. Ninety-six percent, I think, it's uh, like sexually explicit, which is appalling, honestly. Like, it's just, and it raises so many questions about ownership, about creative ownership, about you know, uh, revenge porn. There's so much at stake, uh, at stake here, honestly. Like, it's so, 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 so dire. Um, but yeah, as I was saying. Um, I think the issues raised are multifaceted in that sense. One is, of course, the platforms that, like are allowing these um, images to still to, to still circulate for such a long time, and I think, well, yes, we need better, um, you know, be better regulations in that sense. Like these apps need to like step it up and start paying more attention to these things. I think also we need to stop using these apps that allow these things to happen so i think boycotting is actually a great way i, I, I just recently watched a video on youtube about one of my favorite youtubers by uh, zachary and he did denounce this and he did quote so many interesting articles that i read um where everyone is calling for you know for a unionized action from the users because we cannot expect anymore like um the developers to actually you know do something about it we need to like actually make a positive you know, impact on the situation so i think boycotting the apps is actually a great way of doing it because you don't want to like you know give money to an app that allows these things to happen like you don't want that you don't if you want to protect and create like positive change you need to you know take the matters into your hands sometimes and do something about it you know protect um these women that and honestly also your user experience at the end of the day so yeah, um, it's not enough to just spread a, an hashtag around saying protect Taylor Swift or whatever. I think, well, yeah, that cleans a bit the search. And when you search her name now, we, we, we could help by finding, you know, now like nice, normal images of her. But apart from that, just stop engaging with the app and get to some other apps that are safer, well, better regulated. And yes, no app is perfect, but we are also, we should be critical consumers in that sense. We should like choose apps that you know at least provide us with some modicum of uh protection and uh, have social values at their forefront instead of just being businesses and all that stuff so yeah i definitely recommend trying boycotting the, the twitter um i'm personally considering of getting off the app because it's just ridiculous at this point but yeah that's one of the issues that i see popping up in my brain another of course was as I was saying, like, legal issue. And I think, as I was saying, that it is a struggle, of course, to get the lows um, up to par, but I think it's definitely something that needs to happen. I mean, 
it's crazy that to think that I, I was looking online a bit about the status of legislation here in the in the UK, and um, it, we're still waiting for a bill. It was called like the o online harms bill. It's still like it's still due to c become law. Like it's just something like crazy, honestly. Like it it, w it would create in that sense with this bill a new criminal offense of sharing deepfake pornography, but. It's just about sharing it. It's not about actually creating it. And it doesn't really solve the issue of AI generating content at all, to be fair. Like, if you want to take action against um, this type of content, you're still left with very little legislation about it. So, yeah. Um, there's not simply, like, you know, legal complications. There's also, like, like you know, reputational risks. Talents can fall victim to, like, fake uh, narratives and... You know, explicit content is not about them. Um, I would say definitely, like, the way, like, these things do, could be tackled is to just improve legislation in different areas. Defamation, of course, is one of the main ones. I think it is a clear sign of defamation that, you know, could be, like, you know, if, if you could improve legislation on defamation for these situations with AI tools, then, yeah, that's one area of the law that you can improve. Then it's Definitely privacy and harassment. Definitely privacy and harassment. Data protection, of course. Intellectual property, because it is about also that. And also criminal law, because it is a criminal offense to, you know, basically depict yourself, share, share you know, <laughs> fake images that are not actually um, yours and you never consented to. You know what I mean? It's just uh, crazy, you know? Um, but yeah. I think what's also interesting here to note is that, yes, AI, AI tools are um, terrible in that sense, but also can be used at the same time to crack them up. You know what I mean? Like, yes, AI-generated images are terrible, but you can also use AI to easily track this, um, you know, deep fakes and take them down. So you can use the AI tools also to your advantage in a way, which is good. It's a good it's a good way of using the AI, the AI tools um I think I also said this before. I think I think when I in one of my previous episodes, I, I think I said about um, AI being a tool that we we should be used, you know, the in the right way. It can be very productive for so many different fields, and I think we did see very recently some deep concerns about it, but also some great movements towards like you know conciliation with the SAG after a um, strike in Hollywood. There were, of course, many um, concerns about uh, intellectual property and about, you know, creative property and uh, creatives being left uh, behind because of now, like, these tools basically, you know, taking over and uh, delete, like, you know, completely erasing jobs now because you can literally use an AI tool. But I think there was a good, like, unionized movement there and there's plenty of good, uh, you know, conversation that were, ha like, that, that were produced by that and... You know, there's definitely, we need to, like, learn how to, like, coexist with these advancements, you know? But there's definitely a, a need to, you know, get um, these tools under control, in a way. They cannot be left uh, like this, and like, uncontrolled anymore. Like, literally, it's so easy now to generate, like, deepfake pornography. Like, you literally use any AI tool and just give them a prompt, and it would literally create the most vile shit. So... Why is that still allowed? Why are we still allowing this? We we need we need um you know better 
we we need better legislation and better control and i think it just opens up like a, a floodgate of issues when it comes to well in this case specifically um gender and women's bodies and control over women's um sexuality and it's just frankly quite um quite disturbing like it seems like we're going back again like you know we're uh falling into our footsteps once again you know like it's just so disturbing like it, it is so i i I would also imagine like the impact that it must have on these celebrities specifically for example now taylor swift i don't know or, or young women like i was saying like a young actress you know like it must be incredibly like damaging and abusive and controlling honestly like they must feel terrible right now so a big hug goes to them and um i hope i'm you know i'm sure taylor is working behind the scenes to you know get something going like she already did so much for for example when it came to um scalpers and like you know Ticketmaster. she literally kickstarted a movement in that sense and also with her re-recording uh stuff like there's new contracts going on with artists i'm sure she can also generate a positive uh, feedback in that sense when it comes to ai uh deepfakes it's just something that we need to take a stance as consumers i think and as internet users and we need to stop pretending like it's not an issue and stop waiting for de developers to take an action we need to actually act ourselves i think that's the only way we can actually generate positive change in my opinion but yeah um those were my two cents on the situation. Um, I do sincerely hope that, you know, it will get better. I know it's difficult, as I said, like to keep track of all these changes that continue to happen so quickly with uh, technology. But I think we need to smooth out these things and just choose the better apps and choose the better, you know, um, platforms and start also disengaging um with more dangerous apps you know um yeah it's just terrible stuff and i do also want to point out one thing um <clears throat> it doesn't like it's not enough to just focus on generated images there's so many more um like you know ai generated um for example voice notes or tracks or anything that are potentially very damaging and you know can be used against anyone so yeah i i i think in general there should be like a you know more positive uh conversation to be had about all of these things so um yeah we cannot let te technology especially now that it's getting so out of hand like you know lose like this you know we need to like rein it in and try to do something about it and I also think what's kind of weird is that um, it's it's been an issue for so long, but it also seems to affect, of course, mostly women. Like, yes, I've seen some uh, AI-generated pictures of maybe, who knows, um, all the, for example, Josh Hutcherson, for example. I've seen some pictures of him, but I've never seen, like, straight up, at least not on Twitter, straight up pornography about men. Or like maybe there 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 are some images, but to be fair, that they they must be like way 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 less um, common compared to like you know women's uh, deepfakes in that sense. So that tells you a lot. That tells you a lot about 
the kind of people that are on the apps, the kind of people that use these apps, the kind of people that use these tools, and the kind of people that get away with it as well, because, you know, and the kind of people that, you know, govern these uh, these apps in general, these platforms, they allow these things. So it's just, it's just like, honestly, appalling and so, 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 so crazy. But yeah, the, um, these are my two cents on the, on the situation. It's quite a, ser a serious topic, I guess, so <laughs> I didn't crack any jokes because, of course, it's serious. It's something that we need to, like, you know, talk about and address. And I hope it uh, sparks more interest um, on your part, or on your end, you know, on your, uh, as a listener, I hope I, I can at least, you know, start a conversation about this. Please do go and, you know, inform yourself even more. There's plenty of resources. I'll probably try and move away from... Uh, Twitter and maybe migrate to threads maybe I guess like it seems that there's plenty of users there and frankly I'm sick and tired of Twitter you know I'm sick and tired of um these things happening like it's just not not good not not good yeah but anyways um we're gonna move on to the second topic a bit slightly a bit more lighthearted, I hope and we can just have a giggle have a little chat about um situationships you know of course of course so yeah catch me in a bit and stay safe out there you know stay safe and be better you know do better as a consumer hello so yeah last topic hope you guys are still with me, but we're gonna talk a bit uh, about situationships and make signals. Yeah. So I'm doing this for all the girlies who are in the worst limbo you could ever be in. Yes, I'm talking about situationships. Seems to be a trend of this generation, to be fair. Um, this generation's relationships all seem to be more like less committal and more like situationships, honestly. Like, I've, I've, I see more situationships around me than actual proper relationships but yeah which tells you a lot about the mental status we're in to be fair but anyways and i'm covering this also for the and for the most part to be fair for my own benefit because anytime i choose to talk about any of these borderline psychological topics i do i do it for you know to ease my mind and to placate my frustrations i guess I started I started this specifically this topic more generally to understand the inner psychology of the situationships and the people involved in it in these type of relationships I guess and also how to have a better attitude I guess when facing them so yeah I can testify I already feel much better like after researching this topic and I hope you do too after listening to my story you know so <clears throat> first of all what is a situationship? Um, a situationship from various like um, definitions I found online is mostly an, an undefined relationship where the commitment and its official nature is constantly unclear and left up in the air in that sense. The people involved often have different hopes to, and they're on two separate um, tracks, I guess. And different hopes for the relationship in question, they have different ideas about where these things should go. And there's always some sort of like um, uncertainty, I guess. Like uncertainty is the bottom line uh, of these uh, relationships. Like 
there's no true balance there's no true defined um, relationship in these situations so it's also quite, usually quite short-lived precisely because of this uncertainty i guess and it will never be resolved in that sense when it, when this uncertainty is resolved usually the relationship ends in that sense because you realize that you're two people into different um, on, on two different tracks and want two different things from this thing so it will never properly work out i guess which is very <clears throat> you know very sad to like come to terms with but you know it's the truth it's the truth it's the truth um yeah some signs that you may be in a relationship i found them on a forbes article it's very interesting so i went through the checklist and i was like yep 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 been through that been through that been through that so here are the um the signs as i said lack of clarity about what you are as a couple plans between you are always made very last minute and very short term which gives situationship its name i guess born out of sporadic situations you know and the emotional connection usually is shallow, while the physical side is, you guessed it, random and sporadic again, you know? So there's, like, this lack of an emotional connection, and it seems to be mostly based on the physical side, I guess. Um, and then also exclusivity is always put into question. It's very likely that there are other people involved in, um, in this relationship, you know? It's not just the two of you, but... Most of the times, one of the two people is also seeing someone else, or maybe both of them are seeing other people as well in the meantime. So it's just like, you know, never committal, you know? It's um, quite open and, you know, always left up in the air in that sense. So ultimately, it is a relationship built off of mixed signals, you know? At times, very rewarding, um, but it does ultimately build a false sense of hope that is quickly crushed by a sudden lack of interaction for example and affection and it only brings you back into a cycle of like a vicious cycle of these signals you know giving you hope and then crushing it all over again you know i think personally from my experience it's uh, some sort of like psychological vicious cycle like more than specifically like the physical side is mostly like the emotional um, cycle for me that is quite um, detrimental, I guess. I've always been on the end of the spectrum where I crave a deeper connection in that sense, which made me realize I do actually prefer stable long-term relationships overall, but um, I find myself always um, ending up in these situationships. And this was also a realization that I had not too long ago, precisely because I went through a a few situationships myself. Um, so because I went through these situationships, I realized that what I actually want. So overall, I would say like it, they are of course bad experiences, but bad experiences have all one thing in common, which is that hopefully they will make you grow and make you realize more what you want and what you look for in that sense, you know? Um, but yeah, whenever I find myself into one situationship, I always find myself on a, an emotional roller coaster, you know? Highs and lows, never feeling satisfied and always wanting more. And... I guess, like, a common feeling that I always had was this, like, feel of longing, I guess, for the potential that you could have with someone, you know? Um, but I think what's even harder is to realize that there is no future there and that uh, you are traveling on a completely different lane from the person in front of you. You might not be emotionally involved, but you are not, you know, in it for the same um, reasons or with the same plans, you know? Um, I am personally not the type of person who likes to uh, string someone along, I'm quite the opposite. Like, if I'm on the end where I'm, like, not feeling this and 
I'm not feeling an emotional connection at all. I mean, there might be some physical connection, but there is no emotional connection or I don't have the same hopes as the other person. I'm very quick to dismiss a relationship or like any sort of encounter in that sense. Like, if I don't feel it, I'm not going to pursue it. You know what I mean? But and it also means that when I'm into any situation, I'm, I'm on the other side. I'm on the side that is hopeful and that is uh, having different hopes uh, from the other person in front of me. Uh, so, yeah, it makes you feel taken advantage of sometimes. But also, I think you should also take ownership sometimes and say and see what you're into and see what's happening around you and pull back and walk away from it. I know it's so hard. I know it's so hard. It's easier said than done. But I think blaming the other person only is a not a mature move. You need to realize that also you're playing a part in it. In every, I, my, I'm a firm believer that in every situation or any relationship or anything of the sort, you can never fully blame another person for all the, you know, you know, bad experiences you you may have had or the relationship ending or all that. There is always there's two people in, or more than two if you're into any poly polygamous uh, relationship. But whenever there's more than one person involved, there there's always some like blame to split in that sense. May yes, maybe the other person has led you on more than you have, and maybe they have slightly force the hand sometimes and probably have been the worst person between the two of you but you cannot deny that you've also played a part in it in that sense but anyways um yeah as i was saying it, it's um a vicious cycle you know as you crave the attention of the person you finally obtain it by meeting them for example at their own convenience by the way it's always at their own convenience not yours just to feel like i guess you still go for it because you want to feel this sort of like this sort of satisfaction this like you know um yeah, this rush, I guess, and then it, it, it the satisfaction is also as quick as quickly as it comes, it's also quickly going away, you know, due to other plans or, you know, disillusionment or whatever, the other person suddenly pulls back, and you know, the thing is just crushed immediately, you know. So then you feel defeated, only to crave even more attention once again, just to feel this like rush and this uh, satisfaction once more, and you go like through the cycle all over again, and so it goes. So you're stuck in it in that sense. So yeah, not fun, not fun at all. Like girls, like girls are you know the girlies. I'm with you. I'm so sorry, but it is it is so 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 annoying. I know it's um I realize that it's like so unfortunately something that we go through, and we need to also realize that it's like normal to go through as as much as it's not a normal situation you should be in it's okay to go through it it happens you know but the, the i think the most important thing is that you learn from it like you don't fall into the same loophole again and you just you know learn from your mistakes that's what's important like it's okay to go th through these things but also please do yourself a favor have um start building your self-respect and be, you know, I don't want to say be more guarded because it's not, that's not the point, but be quicker to realize what's, what's happening around you. You know what I mean? Um, I think the main reason you keep on returning to these cycles though is specifically because of the mixed signals. So I want to first look at the psychological side of the people who are on the side of craving more emotional connection, you know? So why do you invest in your own detriment why do you do that um i think as like i've read so many like interesting articles like, like psychological articles and specifically about mixed signals which i think are the reason why we come back like mixed signals are 
at their bases that like they hinge upon a little phenomenon called cognitive dissonance. It's when for, we are presented, for example, in any situation, we're presented with two contrasting elements that coexist, and it basically sends our rational into a frenzy. You know, like you're, it's like problem solving. Basically, you're c confronted by something that is inexplicable and it's contradictory in that sense and your brain goes into like a frenzy that you like makes you want to solve the issue just you know problem solve basically you know so the coexistence of uh, these two things or like multiple factors that should never be together becomes immediately attractive to you when it comes to for example relationships you want to you want to explain it you want to like solve it and so the mixing signals given to you by someone else in a sense make make you become overly analytical, overly preoccupied, and sometimes they trick they even trick us into believing that we actually like the person more than we, than we truthfully do. All because we're problem solving here, you know? Like we're so obsessed by the issue at hand that we trick ourselves into believing that it's uh, you know, worth spending our time like, you know, solving this issue because there might be something at stake in the end. So you start believing that you're actually so much into a person when actually maybe you're not. Like you're just pretending to be because you spend so much time um you know pursuing this that it would be well, I don't wanna say um a failure a failure in that sense, but you know, you you would think it's a failure, I guess. You would think it's a failure to just let it go. And yeah, it's cost fallacy in that sense as well. Uh so it's just, you know, some little brain tricks that we, like, you know, unfortunately inflict on ourselves. Sometimes unwillingly, sometimes willingly. It's just, uh, the bottom line is, like, unsufferable, honestly. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, um, I found it so interesting. Like, it is, to be fair, if, if I think about it, it's actually sometimes, it stems from that. Like, I, the reason why, for example, I tend to, well, I, I've come to realization that I'm so, um, attracted to people who are emotionally unavailable or like any sort of like difficult relationship is because I enjoy the problem solving of it all. I enjoy the the chase. I enjoy the muddy waters. Well, when I say I enjoy it, it's not that I actually enjoy it, but I, I love problem solving. I love finding a solution. I love going into these um, seemingly like unsolvable situations and trying to solve them. You know what I mean? And frankly, it's stupid because literally, if someone wanted to like straightforwardly date you, they would. They literally would. But in my brain, it's boring. You know what I mean? It's so stupid. Like you would think logically the safe bet is to go for someone who is kind and available for you. But I find myself always getting attracted to people you know who are um i guess more unavailable it's so stupid i know it's like so dumb to say but it is because i don't know I, I feel like there is some like some some sort of like romanticization i guess of um the idea of you know a chase and like you know being through it all and then eventually ending up on top but like statistically none of these things end up in a in a relationship at the end. Like, even all my friends I've talked to that have gone through similar experiences, none of these things work out in the end. So, yeah, we're just basically ins uh, inflicting uh, pain on ourselves. But it's no also normal in a way, because um, I think when there's some sort of, like, mystery or, like, 
unclear situation, there's also some sort of like attractive、uh, nature to it. You know what I mean? Like you like the muddy waters sometimes, but also you feel by the same token, I guess you feel so emotionally drained, so terrible after it. Like you feel like you know you're wasting your time sometimes, and then you're eluding like. You know, you're delusional. You're not making sense, and that、uh, you're just, you know, being a stupid person. And it's, I know, it, it's difficult. It's a difficult situation. I know it's quite difficult. But don't worry. At the end of the story, I also have some positive, you know, advices to give in that sense. Right, right now we're just analyzing. You know, <laughs> so bear with me. Bear with me.、Um, but yeah,、um, the. Yeah, so you you keep on returning basically to these、um, cycles specifically because of the mixed signals, right?、Um, and I guess that's the reason why you pursue, or you find yourself always in situationships, situationships because basically you are, you know, attracted to these unsolvable、uh, problems, you know. So that's what I'm saying. Like it's yes, it is.、Um, Like the other person is also at fault because they they're leading you on, but it's also your fault as、uh, the other person for you know pursuing something that frankly is never gonna give you much. You know what I mean? So yeah, I wanna be held accountable as well. So I'm 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 standing tall. You know, um,、uh, it's my fault as well. You know, I uh I'll say it. It's my fault. Actually, no, it's never my fault. Fuck you. It's never my fault. Why would you lead me on? Why? 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 It's so bad. It's so bad. Like. Ah,、oh, I know it's frustrating, but I think, jokes aside, you need to be、um, critical, and you need to surround yourself with people who actually bring you to reality. You know, your friends. Talk to your friends about these things. Don't like exasperate them, of course, but do talk to them and try to listen to your friends because they have a third party perspective that you need to have. You need to have a hand. So, yeah, don't. Also, don't fall into like these TikToks that, like, romanticize them too much because it's just not good for your mental health overall. You're just gonna feel defeated in the end. So, I'm doing this for y'all. But let's go to the side of the other people. You know, like the the other person in the situationship. The one is like supposedly leading you on, right? Um, <clears throat> it is important to know that, you know, here we're talking about also. Mostly non-commitment, you know, like non-committal people, because at the end of the day, like the situation, as I said, never ends up in a relationship because people are not ready to commit in that sense. So, my bigger question here overall is why is it so hard to find commitment these days? You know, I think what I found out is that partly it links back to also what I covered already on my dating apps episode, specifically the sense that. You're nowadays. It's so easy to like indulge in this fake idea that we have endless choices, and therefore you are wasting your time if you commit to someone. Like there are so many possibilities. So why would you commit to someone? You know what I mean?、Um, so definitely, there is some you know some fault in that in the way we use apps, in the way we、um, are immersed in the dating world now nowadays. You know. But I think overall, what I also found out is that. It's also a problem that our generation has in terms of、um, a flawed、um, bringing up, in that sense, a flawed childhood that we 
somehow all of us share in that sense. Communication um, and emotional like intimacy seems to be even rarer these days. Everyone is brought up to be more and more individualistic, I think, without necessarily caring about building some commitment and some true emotional attachments in that sense. I think, of course, the fear of commitment is um, something that is, to, to be fair, quite widespread these days, specifically because the way we are brought up and the way we see other relationships evolve um, when we were children. And um, it's so bad that it literally even has a clinical word for it. It's called gamophobia, which is basically the fear of um, being in a monogamous uh, or like even any sort of like commit, commit, uh, com commitment in that sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there is, there are so many clinics. Uh, I've, I've seen so many web pages of many clinics that trace the origins and the medical origin uh, origin uh, of uh, gamophobia to the way we were brought up, of course. Many gamophobic um, people have probably had unavailable parents who have taught them to be self-reliant rather than relying on other people. And this, I will also partly blame the fact that parents sometimes get themselves too involved with work and both of, of course, now we have both parents working, which is the norm now which is good, of course, but sometimes pa both parents get too involved with work and too involved with, like, their private lives that they forget they have duties as parents to be there for their children and to be emotionally available and to be showing them good examples in that sense. So I think we have this trend in our generation that we were all brought up by maybe two parents that both worked and worked too much and never properly managed to strike a right balance between working and caring for their children. Um, so, yeah, this leads, of course, to <clears throat> even more problems, of course, online for us when we approach relationships in general. So, um, so for example, a certain relationship becomes too serious and the level of commitment increases increases significantly. Uh, significantly. So, gamophobic people would naturally want to return to their status of comfort, which is self-reliance. It's so weird. Like, you become comfortable more with your, like, being by yourself and being self-sufficient and you become uncomfortable when you're like presented with a choice of, you know, getting committed to someone. Like that's the bottom line basically, you know? The interesting thing in my opinion is that the many articles point out um a fear of positive emotions rather than negative ones. Like many people, many gamophobic people uh, expect to be the only person who can take care of themselves, right? So you become immediately fearful once you feel like you're being chosen or you're being cared for, you're being looked after by someone else that is not you, you know? So if you want to put it in terms of, you know, um, attachment styles in psychology, there's um, three main categories here that all fall into the gamophobic, uh, I guess, territory. So anxious, avoidant, and disorganized attachment styles are all potentially um, feeding into gamophobia in that sense. So... Um, yeah, like, uh, for example, uh, Sterling, who is a very famous psychologist, um, does trace a lot of issues of, um, gamophobia to these three types of uh, attachment styles, but, um, the hurdles are definitely not easy to overcome, I think, overall. I mean, um, you might be scared of, um, committing to someone because you don't want intimacy, like, you're scared of intimacy, or you might be um, afraid of, you know, not being self-reliant anymore. Or simply you've been shown through your, like, 
life basically that many relationships um just end up in failures and then therefore you'd rather be safe than sorry i guess but it's just you know it deprives you of like the human experience in my opinion like it deprives you of normal human experiences so you know there are plenty of hurdles because of this i think because of the way we've been brought up or we've been shown how to like behave with other people is just you know but of course of course therapy is the first way to go you know what i mean like go to therapy man go to therapy unpack these things if you think that you are in these situations there's some people who literally have extreme anxiety when it comes to committal and commitment you know uh committal relationships and commitment you know um but yeah i think uncovering your past and where you were brought up as well and is definitely a way forward and a first step to you know unpack all of it and i don't know i feel like there's definitely more to be said more to be taught i think also in schools and into you know we need to reevaluate maybe the way we are um bringing up children and there's a lot to do in that sense and i think there's also a lot to do with the the way um these like the way it's so gendered the way like these things are taught in a sense that women are always taught to be way more emotional and way more caring and way more interested in the emotional side of things while men are shunned when it comes to these um aspects and they're more they're they're like brought up to be more uh resilient and more uninterested and more you know avoidant when it comes to you know try to trying to like build an emotional relationship like you're not supposed to be emotional as a man that's why you're brought up to do in some countries and in some cultures which is frankly so stupid because we just get into little like stupid games of dividing and compart how you say like um oh my god i cannot say it but putting things in compartments right like we are we are so keen on like dividing things into categories that some things are for men and some things are for women that we lose the sight of you know what's good for human beings in general you know what i mean like it's so stupid i think men should be allowed to you know be emotional and be open about their feelings and have more productive conversations about them and in turn they would avoid getting to like these um predicaments i guess like if only it was that way you know what i mean <laughs> if only if only it happened for real for real so yeah i mean it's quite it's quite it's quite weird but yeah i do want to before i get into like the positive things that you can do when you find yourself into a situation i do want to also point out that not all mixed signals are definitely like situationships there's of course a side of mixed signals that is completely normal and completely natural uh by their very nature mixed signals are difficult to interpret so there's never a say when it comes to like where a person stands in that sense like is it a situation or is it not you will never know in that sense but i don't want to you know i don't want to say that all mixed signals lead to a situation in that sense because you know what we can interpret from mixed signal is that the other person hasn't officially chosen to be consistent or committed to you. That's the bottom line. But it doesn't mean necessarily that they're into a situationship with you or that you are failing here. You know what I mean? Like people, for example, Collins, who is a very famous therapist, said that 
if you decide that consistency or commitment is what you need, then it's easier to determine how to move forward in a relationship then. So you know what to look for, of course. But in the first stages, it's always difficult to ascertain for a fact what both of you want. And it's normal. It happens, you know? If a person is acting like this in this way, there is, of course, a, a bottom line of that person dealing with a, an internal conflict. So <clears throat> they may want... Uh, oppose or contradictory things such as absolute freedom and safety and security but they're grappling with the idea of maybe getting to something that is more serious in that sense you know and sometimes it does lead lead into like a proper relationship which is good so don't get it twisted not all mixed signals are part of a situationship uh, kind of relationship but it might just be indecisiveness and all that yes it is sometimes true that if a person really wants you they will pursue at the end of the day which is good it's true, but there's always, like, of course, also in the early stages, there's always some sort of uncertainty that a person goes through, and it's normal, you know? Um, I think also we need to, like, sometimes cut some slack to these people, like, um, to the people who give you mixed signals in that sense, because um, it also helps to deal with, like, a lot of your frustration in some way, because if you do realize that sometimes these people are, aren't necessarily toying with you, but are generally in a genuinely in a conflicting stage, especially when it comes when you bring in other, like you know, factors like se sexuality or like people uh, struggling with their sexuality, you need to be aware of that. You need to be compassionate, sometimes emp empathic when it comes to that, because it, it's not always the the straight up answer that they're toying with you, they're evil people or all that. Sometimes the other person might be genuinely genuinely like confused and. They need time to figure things out, and it's okay to do that. The what's not okay is to be led on endlessly. If this things happens and it keeps on happening over and over and over and over and over again, then you know, then that it be, that's when it becomes a problem. You know what I mean? Like if you keep uh, if you keep on like being mistreated in that sense, then that's when it becomes a real problem. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah, and also I think sometimes it's important to know that these people don't take these issues as uh, issues as seriously as they should. Sometimes they avoid communicating, and they start blaming you, misinterpreting them, rather than really re realizing basically they might need to work on themselves instead of you know blaming you. You know, so yeah, be aware of that. But make sure to keep in mind if like if you're being clear about what your intentions are, you're not going to be on the wrong side here. You know what I mean? What I do suggest is that when you find out what the other person wants and it doesn't align with you, then you should walk away in that sense. I think it's the most important thing here. Know when to walk away, you know? And, yeah, like, you know? Also, if you're faced with someone who has mixed signals, then it's also a sign that you, you're not the one who should change. You're not, in, like, in the wrong in that sense. You're not the person who should change, but rather the person sending the signals has some inner work to do. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, and also keeping, always put your mental health first, girls. If their behavior neg negatively affects your mental, emotional, and physical stability overall, then, you know, if you're actually, if your self-worth, I would say, I want to bring it there, I want to go the extra mile, if your self-worth is being attacked in this sense, then it's time to assess the value of remaining in a situation, you know, in a situationship, 
you know, Collins said it best. If you need to walk away, just go, you know? Like, if you think that your mental health is just hanging by a thread, then do the right decision. Like, do the right choice, you know? Go for it. And get out of there, basically. But, yeah. To end on a more positive note, I just want to get into how you can deal with, like, the mixed signals of it all, the situationship, you know? How can you avoid stressing out too much about it, how can you face them, how can you, what, what should you do in these situations? Um, I found a very helpful article on Medium. Medium is uh, a website, I guess, like a media website about specifically psychology and, and relationships and all that stuff. And I really liked the way they put it. Like, it's so, 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 so empowering in that sense. So when you're faced with like a mixed signals, you have usually three choices here. The most natural one is to find clues and again problem solve and solve these uh, this uh, cognitive dis dissonance. Of course, the most natural one, is, of course, is to find then like credibility to the to your theory, to um, uh, analyzing and sometimes over analyzing and becoming even more obsessed. So basically, the end product of all of this that is sometimes the most natural thing that we do is to overanalyze and become more obsessed and more, I guess, affected by the whole situation, right? The other choice is to deny fully that the other person is into us, which is sort of like kills the fun of it all, I guess. Like, the kill, it kills the, the whole flirt, the whole, you know, the possibility, I guess, of that person maybe actually being interested in you, you know? So there's no fun in that, in my opinion. There's no fun in that. There, like I think, in in a certain to a certain extent, you should always entertain these things to the minimum level, just because it's fun. I think if you truly enjoy, like the flirt, the flirt game and all of that, just entertain it on a minimal level, and you know, for not indefinitely, like you know, not not for like whatever, like for years. But of course. Until you're satisfied and you're still, like, having fun with it, just entertain it. You know what I mean? So don't kill it off. Don't start off with that. But also don't feed into it. You know what I mean? So you're left with the third choice, which is the ultimate solution and the, the most empowering thing ever, in my opinion. It's so good. When I read this, I was like, oh, my God. Actually, they're so right. You know, they did that. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the choice you're left with here is to instead take the priority away from the situationship or the person you're in front of, like, the, the person you're facing in that sense, and substituting it with your own self-realization. You know what I mean? That means basically doing things we like, sports, books, art classes, work, anything that interests us, honestly. Anything that's, like, uh, productive and, you know, gives us better self-worth, that in turn does two things, you know? One, you create a system of internal validation, basically, that reduces only the reliance on the other person, right? So you become self-reliant in that sense. You Like, you become, um, you know, you have a system that you know that it's, it's good for your own mental health and that you're valuable as a person regardless of what the other person might think of you, which is good. Like, you, you sort of realize that the other person is not a need but a want and something, an additional thing, you know, that is nice to pursue, but is not at the end of the world if it doesn't work out, you know what I mean? So if, if everything goes wrong, basically, you will still have these pillars that give yourself a purpose and a deeper appreciation of yourself, right? And the other thing that it, this thing does is to 
make you not only a more exciting person, but also unfazable in that sense. Like when someone cannot phase you, you become the prize, right? Like you become, you flip the the expectations around, you know? You flip the attention back to the other person, right? You start being chased and they begin to wonder how you feel and how, how to win you over. Not the other way around. You don't start like becoming obsessed on how to win them over, but they start doing that with you. Like, you become more of an an interesting person yourself, and therefore the other person becomes obsessed with you. So, period. Like, girl, we're working here. Here we're working with something interesting, you know? Yeah. So, keep these things in mind. Whenever you're faced with um, mixed signals and situationships, try to, like, avoid stressing too much about it. Pursue your own interests. They're an additional thing. This person you're dealing with is an additional thing. It's a purse. It's a purse. It's an accessory. Something that you might want, but you don't need. You know what I mean? So focus on yourself. Become a better better person yourself. Become more attractive yourself in that sense. Become more unfaceable. You know? You cannot be faced. You shouldn't be faced by these things. Occupy your mind and your time with other things. I know it's difficult to do. I know you're fixated on someone and you're trying your best, but... Try and occupy your time with other things. Try to become more um, independent, you know? And I guarantee that you will get out of the, that little, like, vicious cycle and you, you'll become, you know, and you'll just face these things as more of an of a casual thing, you know? Like, you'll, you'll give less importance to how this is going to go and how this is going to end, you know? Do that for yourself. Do that to yourself. And just, you know... Try to chill out the best you can, you know? It's all good. It's all gonna be fine. Girlies, I'm with you. And no matter what, if he wrongs you, we're all gonna kill him. (laughs) Period. (laughs) No matter what, your friends are always gonna have your back. Keep that in mind. Have this this sort of mindset, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, Hopefully, I was able to communicate a bit more, you know, more positive things about these situationships and... I hope, well, I definitely help myself when doing this because I am dealing with um, so many of these issues now and I've had them before as well. And the first step of, like, the first step, step to become a better person and to be a better, you know, to be to be better at handling these things is to just first understand them, right? Understand yourself, but also understand the other person in front of you. So I hope that I at least gave you some prompts here and some, you know, helpful guidelines And I know it's not easy to do, but just, you know, take it easy. Take it easy. Read more about these things. If it helps helps you, it definitely helped me. It definitely made me more comfortable and more, more like, you know, at ease with the whole situation. And I'm just taking things as they go, you know? I'm just enjoying the ride, you know? And if I'm not feeling it anymore, I'm going to jump off the ship. Bye. But yeah, um... I guess this is the end. This is the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And of course, follow me on my social media platforms. They're all linked in the description. And yeah, I'll catch you later. Have a great week. Bye.